1: Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're so glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministry is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer for you today is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God designed you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd.
2: In Ephesians chapter 5, we've been talking about darkness and light. And Paul is attempting to make as clear as possible the contrast between who you were and who you are. Between the sons of God and the sons of Adam. Between a child of God and, and a person of this world. He's, he's making it as clear as he can. Can there be any greater contrast than light? And darkness. Can he divide it any clearer for you that you, as a child of God, are something totally different, something totally unrelated, something completely opposite, in something that is completely the antithesis of darkness? Because that's what light is. That you have an identity now that has, can have, and will not have, and can never have any real relationship with darkness. Now, darkness is simply the absence of light. And when we talk about darkness, all we're talking about is the absence of God. The absence of God in people, the absence of God in the world, the absence of God in, in any situation. When we talk about darkness, we're talking about something that's inherently evil because God is not in it. And the absence of God is inherently evil. He's not saying that we should behave differently by walking in the light. And when you read this stuff, I don't want you to hear walking in the light. I find myself sometimes I'll read it out loud. I want to say walking in the light in the first verse, verse 8. He's not saying you should behave differently by walking in the light. He's saying you are different because you are light. That's who you are. You are light and they are darkness. You are with God. Who is light, who is in you, who exposes himself through you, which makes you light, and they are darkness because they have no God. They literally are without God. That's what darkness is. I don't know how he can make that any plainer, and the contrast makes it real clear. But if you determine to live like them, you'll be blind to the corruption and death you'll be living you're living in because you're trying to live in darkness when you are light you will be blinded willfully but you won't be blinded actually because you have light within you here's the truth about the carnal Christian he can never enter into sin blindly you'll never be able to do that because he says you are light and here's the other truth about it if you are light whenever there is sin in you or about you or around you you're going to know it and you know what? Many preachers get up here and they'll tell you that that the truth of light and darkness, that light is somehow this great revealer and it's going to expose you and it's going to expose the sin in your life and God is light so he can see all of the things that, that you're doing in the darkness so you better behave. And that's kind of the gist of the way you hear this stuff. But that's not the way I want you to see it. What I want you to hear, as, you, as we're talking about light and living in the light, I want you to hear the Father's heart in this. If we see ourselves as sinners, or just on the edge of exposure, we will hear judgment and condemnation in these verses. The light will expose sin by the contrast of truth of the who you are, of who you are as a Christian against the behaviors and the attitudes that don't reflect who you are. But I want you to know that you are light, That he is light in you, and the revelation of light is wisdom. It's affirmation of who you are. It's healing. That's what the light is to you. It's not condemnation. It's love itself. It's not a spotlight on a prison wall looking for a target. It is for revelation and confirmation of faith in you. Last week we left off at verse 10, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 8, just to kind of keep the context. And if you have a Bible, follow along with me, because I'm going to be referencing back and forth in these verses, and I want you to kind of see where I'm going. In verse 8 he says, and I'm reading out of the Amplified, he says, For once you were darkness. For once you were darkness. Not in darkness, not walking in darkness, but for once you were darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Lead the lives of those native born to the light. Verse 9. For the fruit, the effect, the product of the light or the Spirit consists in every form, every form, every expression of kindly goodness, uprightness brightness of heart, and trueness of life. Verse 10. And try to learn in your experience what is pleasing to the Lord. Let your lives be constant proofs of what is most acceptable to Him. Verse 11, take no part, have no fellowship with the fruitless deeds and enterprises of darkness, but instead let your lives be so in contrast as to expose and reprove and convict them. Now in verse 8, Paul is telling us that we are offspring of the light, that we are light in the Lord, which is to say that we're in union with the light, therefore we are light. Now understand again we use we're using light but God calls himself light and when we say we're in union with the light we're saying we're in union with him that we are part of that Verse 9, because of our union with him, the evidence of that union is expressed in every form of kindly goodness, uprightness of heart, and trueness of life. And we talked about that last week, that that expression is a confirmation of the life that you have, of who you are in Christ. Our living will give testimony of our union with Him, learning through living out of that union by faith what the pleasure of the Lord looks like as it is expressed through you. What is the proof of what is most acceptable and pleasing to the Lord? What it says down in uh, verse 10. What is the proof of that? Well, I think Philippians 1.11 kind of starts to touch on it. It says, May you abound in and be filled with the fruits of righteousness, of right standing with God and right doing, which come through Jesus Christ, the Anointed One, to the honor and praise of God, that His glory may be both manifested and recognized. Now, who's that coming through? You. You. Okay, well, Philippians cuts it a little finer. You are, and your lives are to be a contrast, a constant proof of what pleases God. You are the evidence through living out of the right, your righteous new identity and displaying the fruits of Christ's life in you. You are manifesting the glory of God in a visible way that, in accordance to Philippians, will be recognized. It will be recognized. It's a constant evidence of His pleasure of you. And then look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. I love this verse. Not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you energizing and creating in you the power and desire both to will and to work for His good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. God is constantly, effectually working at work in you, like the life of the vine flowing through you. What is His good pleasure? It is the revelation of His life through you. The manifestation of your union with Him. It is every time that He can express through you the trueness, the goodness, the uprightness of who He is. And that's done in all manner of ways. And these things are not just for the people out there to recognize. They are for you to recognize, Christian. If you do not begin to become acquainted with the truth of Christ working through your life, then you will live a cynical and cold and faithless Christian life because you will always believe that God is only working through you in special vignettes when you feel the Spirit of God, when you attend the Christian service, when you are doing those things which are, quote, Christian things. That Christ is your life, not your event. And as Christians, we are affirmed in faith when I recognize when I get up in the morning that I have a lift in my spirit. When I recognize when I get up in the morning, I have the the will to say good morning to my mate when I want to bring her coffee, when I want to come up and hug my children, when I want to walk over and tell someone I love them, when I want to kiss my wife, when I want to say the things that mean something to my kids, all of those things are not my desire. They're His desire flowing through me. They're evidences of His life. They're the truth of who I am. Saying I love you is an expression of Christ in me. It's not for the lost man. For the lost man doesn't really understand what love is because he doesn't know God. And God is love. And love is conditional for the lost man. When I say, I love you to my wife, what I am saying is the Father's life in me embraces you fully. Now, I don't know that. I'm just saying it. But it is the truth. If I have no life, then I have no expression. And I can only imitate life. But if I have the life of the vine flowing through me, my expression will be that life, will it not? A grape vine does not express apples, does it? It expresses grapes because that's the life that is in it. If it has no life in it, then it's just basically a big stump. It just sits there. And you can go hang up for grapes on it, but that doesn't make it a living vine, does it? You are a living vine. You are a living branch on the vine, expressing the fruit, and the manifestation of that fruit is who you are. It is His greatest pleasure to see His creative work expressed through you as you proudly hold out the fruit. And here's the interesting thing about us as Christians, you know, that have been Christian a long time. We will go to some kind of evangelistic crusade and we'll lead somebody to the Lord. And we will proudly display the fruit as a branch does and say, this is Jesus, this is Jesus. Which is what a branch should do, right? But every day there's fruit. In that one moment, we affirm the truth that we have Christ as our life, that He expressed that life through us, that He expressed His life through us every day. As branches, we need to get up in the morning and say, This is Jesus. I love you. This is Jesus. Can I help you? This is Jesus. I'm going to pray for you. This is Jesus. It's all Him. Because it's life in us. It's expressed through us. And it's like A light gives forth illumination, that's what a light is, without illumination there is no light. The illumination is the fruit of the light, and it exposes the darkness, just by its very being it exposes the darkness. Nobody has to turn the dark switch off, and turn the light switch on. You just walk in, and there it is, the darkness recedes. We proclaim the fruit of His life within us just in our daily living. And we confess very openly that apart from Him we can do nothing. Do you realize the impact of that? Do we really believe that? Do you really believe that apart from Him you can't get out of that pew? Do you believe that? Who's holding you together? We are Christians by the declaration of the truth that it is His life that holds us together, that it is His power that gives us life, and that we, unlike the lost world, have entered into the truth that He is the God creator and that He holds all things together by the word of His power. We can declare with positive affirmation that apart from Him, we can do nothing. If we can do nothing apart from Him, what does He get the glory for? Everything, And if the confirmation and the affirmation of faith is declaring in truth that it is his life, if it is the position of the branch to hold forth and display the manifestation of his life, then we can confidently say that I live, but not I. Christ liveth in me and through me. It is out of His life. And the life that I now live in this body is merely just a branch to display and manifest the truth of the life that flows within me. His life. His light. That's who we are. That fruit is the manifestation of life for you. You continually affirm and confirm the life that is within you when you learn to recognize the fruit of that life. If you're suffering from unbelief, If you're suffering from doubt fear, you need to recognize that your next breath belonged to Him before you ever took it and that your life is held by Him. You know, all of the things that you do that may shade your life... And may make it seem like he's not there. All the things that you've entered into or maybe participated in. All of the doubts and the fears and the insecurities that have drawn you into the, to the mold of this world. All the identities that you may have embraced. All of these things do not make you. They do not make you that they can be revealed for what they are if you'll take the moment to express the truth and, and put your eyes and your focus upon Him as your life and begin, instead of seeing your failures, see Him. Do we ever have any trouble recognizing our failures? I mean, in all honesty, do you have trouble figuring that one out? We not only see our failures, we see everybody else's too. And we wear them like a big cloak, and we spend time focusing on them. And that becomes our interest. What I am saying to you is change your focus. Quit seeing yourself in the light of your failures. Quit seeing yourself in the light of your sin. Quit seeing yourself in the light of of your rejection. See yourself in the light of God's love and the light of His life within you. And then... All of the things that he speaks of in terms of giving you reason for being become true, become manifest. Life for you is not just an emotional roller coaster, it's a constant fact because you have his life. That is what affirms your faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith, we regulate our lives and conduct ourselves by our conviction, our belief, respecting man's relationship to God and divine things with trust and holy fervor. Thus we walk not by sight or appearance. We are to be living... By faith in the reality of our union in Christ and the working of his power in every detail of our daily existence, we affirm the truth in the day-to-day mundane detail of living. Now I have no Christians. I was one of them that feel like Saturday or Sunday, whenever you choose to worship is the day you come in and recharge your batteries. But then you get out there and, and like on your cell phone, a tick at a time, the daily mundane living takes it away little by little. But you got it all wrong. The source is within you. The power and the life is your life. And all of those things out there are telling you everything that has taken your joy, everything that has stolen your peace, everything that has stolen your rest, everything that's taken any sense of well-being or worth away from you. All it is doing is revealing to you that you only have one source, and it's Jesus. It's the only thing worth living for. It is His life within you. And you come back to the source and you say, you know what? That issue, that problem, that circumstance, that person is no longer going to rob me of life. I have life within. I have within me springs of living water to restore and refresh my soul. I no longer have to live out of the dregs of this world. This is recognizing that every time you felt the desire to pray, every time that you were selfless, every time you reached out to someone to tell them they were loved, if you're a Christian, you just expressed fruit. Fruit's not just at evangelism. Fruit's not just memorizing scripture. Fruit's not just checking off church attendance. Fruit is life. It's your life expression. If you want to defeat unbelief in your life, then start recognizing the life of the vine in you and stop focusing on the dead, unfruitful things. Let's look at verse 11. It says, Take no part in, have no fellowship with the fruitless deeds and enterprises of darkness, but instead let your lives be so in contrast as to expose, reprove, and convict them. The present imperative in the Greek there would change the verse to read, Stop fellowshipping with darkness. Take no part in. Paul uses the Greek word for fellowship, which is koinonia, and that means more than just a casual acquaintance. It means more than just someone you chat with or somebody you hang out with at the coffee shop occasionally. It's more than a casual acquaintance. There's a commonality of thought and purpose, even a sharing of effort or resources to reach a common goal. He's not talking about avoiding the world. That would be, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians, impossible unless you got completely out of the world. That's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about is in Romans 12:2, where it says, Do not be conformed to this world. You know, you conform something by an outward pressure. You mold it by outward external pressure. Do not be conformed to this world, fashioned after, adapted to its external superficial customs. Do not be crafted after them. Do not be pressured into their likeness. Do not pick up their habits or clothe yourself in their likeness. It says, do not be conformed to the age, but be transformed, changed changed by the entire renewal of your mind by its its new ideas and its new attitude so that so why would you want to do that so that you may prove for yourselves what is good and acceptable, and the perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in His sight. When he's saying this, he is saying, don't participate in the fruitless, lifeless deeds of darkness. Don't be, a, don't be involved in the enterprises of the godless. Don't go with yourself. Don't be conformed to the world and, it's, and transforming yourself to be like them, but allow the truth to renew your mind. You know, so he didn't say change your body. He didn't say change your, your behavior necessarily. What he is saying to you is change the way you think. Where the mind goes, the body's going to follow eventually. Change the way you think about you so that you can prove. For yourself. How are we going to prove the truth of faith? How are we going to prove who we are? How are we going to prove the truth of our salvation? How are we going to prove that his life is within us? How are we going to prove that he is our life? We're going to prove it by conforming our minds to the truth of who we are, by renewing our minds to the truth of what he says about us, of what he says about himself. Walking in that truth. And as we walk, how does it evidence itself? Well, we just talked about that. It expresses itself. But here's the thing. Unless I am allowing the Spirit of God to begin to conform my mind... Unless I am developing an appetite for the things of God in my thoughts, unless I'm recognizing that I am not of this world, but that I am actually a child of God who's spending a short stint on this earth, learning who my God is, unless I understand the truth of my identity, that I'm not a world creature, I am a child of God, then I'll continue to try to imitate the world. Won't you? I mean, isn't that the truth? And when I'm trying to imitate the world, I'm trying to bring God into my imitation. I mean, Christian, how many of us have done that? Oh, Father, bless my identity. <laughs> oh, Father, bless my efforts to secure myself. Oh, Father, please give me security in my in my independent living. Oh, Father, give me something to rest my my ego on. God says, You have no other source but me. And if you'll renew your mind with the truth and allow yourself to be conformed to the truth and walk in that truth, you will affirm for yourself that it is truth. And you will display the truth as light. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. Do not participate in the fruitless deeds of darkness. Participation in fruitless deeds is an indication of an identity problem. These works are not just fruitless, they're evil. They have darkness as their source. They are fruitless because they have no life in them. And you have to have life in the vine to produce fruit. And who produces fruit, by the way? Jesus does. This is a deed, activity, or enterprise that does not have God as its source. In the language of Philippians 2.13 that we just read, God did not put this in you. The will and the desire came from something other than Him, and it will not be empowered by Him, but it will be empowered by something other than Him. The absence of God. It's destined to manifest death because it has no source in life, and it will not produce fruit.
1: Thank you for joining us today for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation. Rest in His life, moment by moment, and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. To get to know us better, visit us on the web at hislifefellowship.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If this message has blessed you, you can help support this program with your gift to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 781-529, San Antonio, Texas, 78278. And now, before we go, our prayer for you this coming week is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you and that you would remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you.